Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, Expediting Cell and Gene Therapy Workflows. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Mr. Dave Enser, president of the Protein Sciences segment at Biotechni, and Dr. Sean Kevlahan, senior director of Cell and Gene Therapy at Biotechni. They're here today to talk about new technologies that can be implemented to expedite cell and gene therapy workflows and facilitate the path from bench to clinic. The cell therapy industry holds much promise, but also has faced challenges in manufacturing and commercialization. Dave, what do you see as the biggest hurdles that the industry must address in order to successfully move more products to commercialization? Yes, well, uh, Brandy, I see at least two significant uh, hurdles for the industry. Uh, first, I think you know, since these therapies are chiefly autologous, second and third line therapies for relapse refractory patients at this stage, um, you know, the, the patients may not respond as well as if they had received the therapies earlier, perhaps. And uh, the results may be that, that some of these uh some of these therapies may not make it through the clinic uh, or take longer than they otherwise would to get to market. Uh, so I think that's one significant uh, hurdle. Another, I think, is cost. Um, as everyone knows, these therapies are, are time-consuming and expensive to administer. Um, the process is the product, as they say. Uh, but I think by taking steps to consider the, the quality and the consistency and scalability of the process up front, by using high-quality GMP reagents from reputable suppliers, uh, by accurately predicting the amount of time and space, materials uh, to process patients, um, and and to have consistent reproducible quality control parameters established early on, I think uh, cell therapy companies can improve the odds of of gaining acceptance uh, for their therapies and and reimbursement for their treatments. Uh, I'm sure there's other hurdles uh, that that the industry is going to face, but I see those as two significant ones that uh, are going to have to be overcome for for these therapies to have uh, uh, long-term success. Yes, I agree on that, and um, think that certainly there um, needs to be some good support for these companies to uh, have the materials that they need for moving these products to commercialization and that's why I was excited to see in September Biotechni launched a new initiative to create cell and gene therapy solutions to expedite the path from bench to clinic. I wanted to ask why did you feel this was an important step and what challenges do you plan to address with this increased focus on workflow solutions? We've been a for more than four decades the leader, world leader in in the most trusted provider of uh, amino assays, proteins, antibodies, small molecules for research use um, under the R&D Systems brand and the Tokris brand uh, of reagents. Um, however, we we probably uh, were not quite as focused on the cell uh, and gene therapy market um, to the extent we, we probably should have been. Um, in recent years, we've made significant investments to uh, produce reagents to the highest quality GMP standards. Um, and as you know, we all also acquired quad technologies uh, to give us novel differentiated position in, in cell selection and, and activation. And we deployed our, our automated simpleplex um, assay technology towards patient monitoring for adverse events uh, like cytokine release syndrome. 
and now we feel like we have a real critical mass uh, and demonstrated competency in the in the clinical therapy, cell therapy space. So we thought it was time for us to make a, a strong statement and and to let the world know that uh, we were a, a player and contributor to this space. Um, you know, with the same reliability that we've demonstrated uh, with our with our research reagents in the past. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and. Um, I know that Biotechni has acquired several cutting-edge technologies in the cell and gene therapy space. Sean, I'll ask you this question. What do you believe are the most immediate workflow solutions that you can provide? Yeah, th thanks, Brandy. So, um, you know, we have a lot of workflow solutions that we can provide, but I'm going to boil it down to really kind of four, four different products that, that we can immediately offer to the cell and gene therapy space. Um, the first being is is a technology that came from Quad Technologies. Um, we developed a a novel polymer um, that we put in a particle format that we call Clouds. And what Clouds does is it, it enables an activation um, T cell activation solution to activate and expand um, T cells for an autogalous or allogeneic um, adoptive T cell workflow, such as CAR T or TCR. The second is a technology from Protein Simple. Uh, it's an automated ELISA platform that we call ELLA um, that could be used for a variety of different applications, um, including in process testing and uh, potentially QC. The third is, is GMP small molecules. So outside of just even the conventional T-cell workflow, um, a lot of really cutting-edge um, you know, future therapeutics are, are iPSC-derived, such as iPSC-derived T-cells or NK-cells or, um, you know, maybe even iPSC-derived uh, hematopoietic stem cells. And some of the premier small molecules, such as uh, GMP-CHIR, uh, ROC inhibitor, and DAPT, are used within those workflows. And, and we're really, really, truly the only ones that offer um, GMP small molecules as an ancillary material in the space. And lastly, um, you know, we're sticking to our guns given our expertise within uh, protein manufacturing. You know, we offer, you know, a plethora of GMP cytokines uh, as well as other GMP proteins that's used within, within the cell culture step within cell and gene therapy. So that would include cytokines for T-cell activation expansion, such as the conventional IL-2, IL-7, and IL-15, but also ones that are for HSC-modified stem cells, such as TPO in the future, uh, SCF, and uh, FIT3 ligand. So there's a lot of um, versatility that we can, we can bring to uh, and immediate workflow solutions that we, within the uh, cell and gene therapy space. Those are all great, and it's, it's wonderful that those are available right now. I'm curious, what uh, new and innovative technologies uh, are the cell and gene therapy team at Biotechni working on for future, and what workflow challenges do do those address? Sure. Um, and so within within our product developments and within our the cell and gene therapy unit, we really take a um, a unit operation focused uh, uh, new product development initiative. And what what that means is, as we know within cell and gene therapy. Um, things are broken down within steps, uh, going from cell separation to 
cell culture to activation, gene transfer, and formulation. And really, we, we, we try to optimize and build products within each respective unit operation and, and make them as much, you know, as most as efficient as we can. Um, and so, elaborating a little deeper into that, one of the technologies that we developed that came over from Quad is the clouds platform. And so, what that's really solving is the ability to do T-cell activation without the presence of a magnetic bead platform. So conventional technologies have used uh, magnetic particles and, and have, have been a great product for research as well as even some clinical programs that they've used today, but there's some, some challenges with respect to, to that, uh, that technology. And that being is that, you know, one of those, a magnetic bead and a residual magnetic bead is, is classified as a particulate, and there are literature sources that have demonstrated that, that there's a potential of an adverse effect when you infuse these magnetic beads into a patient. And so part of the current workflow regime is that you have to remove those magnetic beads downstream. So what that causes is a extra qualification step. So that means you have to quantify the particles downstream, but also you add another degree of, of an operator manipulating the product. And it adds a extra step that's more time in a clean room and also adds more risk to your therapeutic product. So to address those challenges, what we did is we kind of took the thesis of what would it look like to do T-cell activation without a magnetic bead. And using our, our polymer core competencies, we developed the polymer quick gel, as I mentioned before, which is dissolvable. And we put it in a particle format to activate and mimic uh, an antigen-presenting cell, so you can cold culture with a T-cell to, to drive a very similar s stimulus that you would get with a magnetic bead, but you wouldn't have to worry about those residual magnetic bead and those residual magnetic bead carryover. And so that's, that's one innovative uh, technology that, that we've been developing um, for the cell and gene therapy space. In addition, uh, outside of using clouds just for T-cell activation expansion, that same platform is going to be parlayed into a cell separation platform in the future to enable a non-magnetic cell separation workflow. And again, reducing the need to remove those magnetic beads, re reducing the questions on where, what happens if I you know, carry those magnetic beads into a therapeutic product, and really enabling the space. Switching hats in terms of the protein side, you know, one of the big revelations that I've you know, had recently within, within the space and, and we've been developing products for is how, how process engineers and operators introduce exogenous cytokines or proteins into their culture vessel. And so some of what we've been investing in is the ability to develop a unique protein delivery system that's in a closed format. How they do it today is they actually take proteins and they have to do serial dilutions in a biosafety cabinet, which leaves you know, your system fairly open, and then bring it back into a culture vessel. Um, some of the things that we were working on and, and will be soon in the future to come to market is the ability to have a closed system or a weldable format that you can weld your cytokine cocktail to your culture bag, allowing you to reduce operator error and you know, essentially any sort of potential QC risks on maybe not adding the appropriate cocktail cytokines for your therapeutic product. So this is some things that, that we're solving within the cell and gene therapy business unit within Biotechni and hoping to offer uh, to our customers within the space to help with their workflows.
Yeah, we call those pro dots, and uh, we've had uh, tremendous interest from uh, customers. And every time we present it, we get a, a ton of interest around uh, our ability to uh, deliver proteins in a closed system. So, as Sean points out, that's certainly one of the most exciting things and a differentiator we think for uh, for biotechny um, yep. in the in, in the GMP cytokine space. Yeah, and just to just to build off of Dave's comment, it's it's amazing how much of a challenge this is as a simple, you know, just just solving the problem of how you add a protein to your culture vessel. I mean, it's it's actually a tremendous opportunity, um, and and current process engineers are really struggling with that with that simple step that we're going to be solving. Yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes the what you perceive as being the most simple issue then turns out to be one of the largest challenges in terms of, of solving it. So that that sounds really interesting. And we'll be sure in the show notes to include links where readers can go and look at these products in more depth. Um, I wanted to follow up on that. Um, Sean, looking at the full biotechnic portfolio, I'm wondering how can these products be used together to simplify workflows and I know you mentioned uh, ProDots, but which solutions do you find most exciting and beneficial uh, when you look at the full portfolio? Sure. So, so just to, to give a little color on, on some of the initiatives on what we're doing with the, the portfolio of biotechnic products is really we're, we're coalescing a lot of products that we have within our portfolio under the cell and gene therapy message. I mean, we have a lot of the pieces of the workflow ranging from, as I mentioned before, to cell culture, ancillary materials, to soon-to-be cell separation, but also really important QC and in-process testing. And so as a lot of QC and process engineers can appreciate is that in-process testing is extremely important. So if you're dealing with T-cell activation, your, your primary T-cells are secreting exogenous cytokines and structure, and you know, depending on whether it's disease burden patient or depending on the indication, you know, it's, it's, it's could be difficult to track what those exogenous cytokines are doing to your therapeutic product. And so some of one of the things that I'm really excited about, um, not only from the ancillary material side is, is really how do you, how do you test, you know, how that therapeutic product is doing and being manufactured as the process goes on. And a lot of that is limited to um, just simple ELISAs. And ELISAs are really challenging when you're doing it on a manual front, but some of the things that, that we're, we're really bridging is automated ELISAs. We're doing that with Protein, uh, Protein Simple's ELLA platform, is looking at leveraging developing application notes for in-process testing and, and really tracking your therapeutic product on how that's doing on you know, the uptick and downtick of exogenous cytokines or proteins in culture. In addition to that, some of the other exciting things, even outside of of, um, of just doing conventional in-process testing, but leveraging the similar assets like um, the Ella platform from Protein Simple to to actually use it as a potential QC assay. That's number one. But also number two is that it, there's a potentially even doing you know patient tracking in the future to look at cytokine release syndrome and and looking at you know tracking, you know, how those, um, those either those T-cells or that cell therapy product is performing in vivo. So that's something that we're really excited about. 
Yeah, and to that last point, um, we signed a major public agreement with a company in China called Micropoint that uh, intends to do exactly that in that market. They're going to be utilizing our our Ella platform uh, to develop a couple of cytokine release uh, assays that will be broadly deployed in the Chinese market. Um, uh, you know, along with uh, with the uh, immunotherapies. So uh, it's a very exciting time for us, and, and we've had a lot of interest from other companies uh, since we announced that deal um, in, uh, in the U.S. and Europe as well. So uh, we see this as a, as a valuable tool. It's really the only way to, to get fast, accurate data on, on patient cytokine levels uh, during treatment. So um, it's, it's a very important tool, I think, for the for the industry as a whole. Yeah, and just to build up Dave's point, it, it really is. I mean, this is something that that people are learning within their process, well as how that therapeutic process is is kind of behaving as they go on and, and manufacture these cells for 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 their patient, as well as patient tracking. Some of the things that you could elicit from just monitoring the workflow and let's looking at exogenous cytokines and proteins is is that that potentially will dictate where your therapeutic can help and the you know the efficacious nature of that therapeutic product at the end of your process. But there's also some challenges right now because it's such a it's such a new field that a lot of um, people are constantly publishing new and novel ways to either activate and expand T cells or new subsets of T cells um, that are more efficacious or um, you know new new you know. Um, Cytokine cocktails that can that can drive that drive cells in different directions, and really, it allows biotechnia and us to be more of a, a flexible provider as we begin to learn within within this space uh, with our customers. And so, some of the initiatives that we're doing within cell and gene therapy is offering more custom services. This allows us to work with customers that you know what maybe a standard product doesn't work for their workflow. Uh, maybe it's not a conventional 3 and 28 that they want to activate the T cells with. And we have the ability to draw down from, from Biotechnies portfolio and specifically R&D Systems protein catalog to really plug and play different proteins or signaling moieties on the surface of, you, of clouds, uh, for instance, to drive different T cell phenotypes, um, to drive you know, different performance metrics that process engineers are very interested in within the cell and gene, within the cell and gene therapy space. So I think there's there's something to be said for for us being, you know, flexible to allow allow people to, you know, work with process engineers to develop uh, products not just within a standard product workflow but but also more custom opportunities to allow them to expand um, and and really drive their therapeutic cells in the direction that they want to go. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because I think uh, to your to your point, Sean, about learning with customers, you know, I hear over and over again, uh, particularly in the cell and gene therapy space, how important it is to partner with suppliers because it's not like, you know, your standard uh, monoclonal antibody where you, you know, have a platform process and you can... Um, still have the opportunity to work with suppliers, but it's it's more um, well defined, and you can uh, you know you sort of know what you're going to purchase and how it's going to work, and and you have all these tools available. And I think in this space, it is really important that um, that learning happens uh, between 
a customer and supplier because I think that's how things advance and how we have new products oh, exactly. and things like that. So I think it's terrific. And I, I love to hear that biotechnology is listening and, and, and working with their customers to develop new innovative products, uh, like you mentioned, um, because I think right now, um, maybe the industry doesn't fully know what it needs yet. And, and, and as you mentioned with um, the work that you're doing, there are opportunities where brand new products can, can come onto the market that address a completely unmet need. I mean, I think that that's a really exciting opportunity that this industry uh, permits um, that may be not as prevalent in, in the more established kind of monoclonal antibody space. To follow up on that, um, Dave, I was going to ask you, uh, as biotechnology moves forward with the initiative, what do you see as the biggest hurdles and the biggest areas of opportunity in cell and gene therapy manufacturing? Well, I, you know, I think not just for biotechnology, but for all the tools providers, uh, the biggest hurdles will be the ability to scale reagent manufacturing to meet industry demand. I mean, there's so many products entering clinical trials around the world that even a modest level of success uh, is going to result in ge geometric growth, if not exponential growth, in demand for GMP reagents. Um, and, you know, that kind of capacity is very capital intensive to build. It has long lead times and it's not as simple as just brick and mortar and stainless steel either. You have to have uh, the capabilities, the expertise to be able to, to scale these reagents um, and get the equivalent performance that you did when you made them in small batches. So uh, these are big challenges for the industry as a whole, but fortunately, I think biotechnology, we have the technical ability certainly uh, to scale up and drive yield improvements with these reagents, which also has the ability to keep you know, costs under control. And of course, we have the financial strength to, to be able to invest quickly um, to increase capacity um, to, to cost effectively produce these reagents and, and, you know, the ones that emerge as the greatest demand anyway, um, which is sometimes a bit tough to, to tell because as the, as the industry matures, um, what kind of cytokines, as Sean alluded, what, what exact antibodies um, are going to be need to produce GMP, small molecules, um, that's a little bit unknown at this point. So, we, we try to stay flexible, and um, like I said, we have the capital and the, and the technical capabilities to scale as the industry emerges. And then, and just to, to build off of Dave's point, I mean, this is, and, you know, one of the things when, when we're, we're, we're making in investments in a very capital-intensive market is, is that, you know, we pride ourselves that we stay very close to our customers, so we make the appropriate investments when, when we need to. Um, and so that's something that, you know, we're, we're very much invested in, in our customers within cell and gene therapy so to make the appropriate capital investments. I always say we're trying to shoot where the rabbit's going to be. And, um, and I think, you know, we're, we're thinking ahead um, as to how the industry is going to develop and mature and, and what are the needs going to be two, three years from now. Well, I think that's... That's really uh, an important point and, and direction to go. And I, it's such an exciting time uh, in the industry. And I really appreciate you uh, coming and talking uh, with listeners about all the interesting solutions and the different uh, various challenges and workflows and, 
and what you've developed to address those those needs. I wanted to uh, close by asking if either of you have anything that you'd like to add uh, for our listeners. I think if uh, had one key takeaway for our listeners is I, I would strongly recommend that that they stay close to biotechnology if they're in the cell and gene therapy space. I think we will emerge as the innovator and leader in developing, you know, the, the highest quality and most reproducible cost-effective solutions uh, for this industry. Uh, we're completely committed to this space, um, and I think it's just the beginning of a long and exciting journey. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have uh, feel comfortable with, you know, closed systems and automated methods that a uh, kind of cookie cutter that seemed to fit and, and work well when you're uh, uh, in small volumes at preclinical. It's another thing to think about scale. And I think the future is going to be best to breed open system platforms uh, that are going to allow customers to uh, plug and play solutions that work for them. And um, and we are going to be uh, right there at the at the front of of offering these these types of solutions, we will emerge as as the leader in this space. I think you will see over time. Uh, Sean, I don't know if, if there's anything else you want to add to that, but yeah, I'll, I'll add a, a couple th- a couple things. You know, for for the listeners and specifically the process development engineers and those who are sitting on the bench, um, is that come to us and, and bring bring us your most difficult problems and the things you're trying to solve and we'll solve them with you. We're an extremely innovative group, and we're, we're always looking to stay close to the problem statement and things, you know, and, and learn together as we begin, as this market begins to evolve. And we're entirely committed to the space, solving, you know, the critical challenges uh, within the cell and gene therapy market as, as, um, as, as, as the time progresses. Um, and we are excited to be a part of it. Well, that sounds great, and um, I really appreciate your time today, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks, Brandy. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing-related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com. Or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.